0: minimum balance required.
1: Okay, coming up next is my long-lost cousin, John Mascari. Before I get to John, I was talking with Eddie Dry, VP of Domestic Sales for Strixon Cleveland Golf, at the PGA Merchandise Show earlier this year, and I said, Eddie, I like your CBX full-face wedges. How can they help an average player like me play better? Here's what he had to say.
2: An average player, I use one, and I'm in some lies that you can't even believe. And I need all the help I can get. And the face is bigger, and the grooves go all the way up and all the way out to the toe. So if you hit it on the toe, you miss it, bam, there's a groove. So I like that. So I carry a 58.
1: There you have it, folks. Try the new CBX full-face wedges from Cleveland Golf. I want to tell you about something else I saw at the PGA Merchandise Show, and that's me and my golf. And how does a 45-day free trial to Arco sound? Well, me and my golf have partnered with Arco's and are offering 14 free sensors and a 45-day free trial to Arco's caddy when you purchase any training aid on shop.meandmygolf.com. This is a limited time offer, so don't miss out. Again, go online to shop.meandmygolf.com. With many years in the business, menswear brand Construct. Has finally launched its green golf collection, sustainably produced using renewable solar energy and recycled fabrics. Hit your best shot in their performance enhancing polos, quarter zips, and bottoms. Made with four way stretch, quick dry, and UV 50 plus protection. From solids to bold, eye catching designs, Construct Green is the perfect piece for making the best memories on the greens. And the best part? You can head to construct.com, and that's C O N X. S-T-R-U-C-T dot com and use code Chris for 20% off the green collection today. All right, now back in making his fifth appearance with me here on Next on the T is my long lost cousin, John Mascari. Let me remind you about John's background. He attended Ryder University in Lawrenceville, New Jersey, and graduated with his bachelor's degree in political science and government. John is a PGA professional. He's worked at some of the best courses in and around the New York and New Jersey area. He is now the director of golf at Alpine Country Club in Alpine, New Jersey. He's also a member of Callaway's Master Staff. John has been named a top 50 master teacher by U.S. Kids Golf. He also co-hosts his own show called On the Tee on ESPN Radio up in New York. And it's great having him back with me again
2: tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, cuz, how are you? Good man, I just want to go back on mute, and listen to Billy Mayfair and talk about trying to hold out every bunker shot he has. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> He's fantastic,
2: <my laughs> isn't he? I'm just trying to keep it on the green. Here, you know, right? I'm going to hold that one. I'm going to hold that one, man. Yeah,
1: you're I'm hoping green- to keep it on the green. Yeah. I'm hoping not to hit it, skulls it in the woods.
2: That's exactly. what I'm trying not to do. Exactly. Exactly. Nice John, to be back I- with you. Yep, for sure. I appreciate you.
1: I want to start our time by getting your thoughts on Michael Block. The guy comes out of nowhere, essentially, to carry the torch for his fellow 29,000 PGA professionals. And not only does he easily become the low PGA professional at the PGA Championship, he finished tied for 15th and qualifies to come back and play in the event next year. How much did did uh, Michael elevate the other uh, PGA professionals around the country over those four days? Oh,
2: for sure. I mean, you know, talk about a great uh, representation of our profession, and Mike, uh, you know, in our in our world, always known as being a great player, but never to this extent. And you know, you had Brooks Kepka winning, which is a huge story on its own. And here's Mike almost overshadowing Brooks's win with his heroics for four days, tapped off by a slam dunk hole-in-one. And you know, you you already wrote the fairy book. Fairytale story and to knock in a hole in one and his reaction was just so wholesome and, and pure that it just showed what the game of golf is to us and how lucky we are to play for a living and we couldn't have a, a better ambassador for our profession than Mike and he, sh- he surely showed that with his graciousness and his professionalism throughout the week and John,
1: you're on the board of directors of your section up there. Talk about what what is the day to day life
2: like of a PGA professional? Oh boy, um, some might call us the ringmaster, Chris. Um, some days we're the therapist. Some days we're the slow play police. Uh, but most of the time, we're I guess we're the host or the hostess of golf. You know, I want to be a welcoming face when my members arrive at Alpine. I try to make sure I come in contact with as many people as I can whether it's on the range or in the shop or on the golf course. Um, try to block some time for emails. We have meetings, obviously, throughout the day with food and beverage and with other aspects and departments. Uh, try to keep in communication, a chat with my staff, you know, talk about events that are coming up. But other than that, you sprinkle in a little time on the range, maybe five or ten minutes to hit some shots. And before you know it, it's dark. So you know, we wear many hats as a PGA professional, but they're all good hats and we're all uh, qualified to do so, but um, the role could change any day. You know, you go from weatherman to (laughs) golf therapist (laughs) to all sorts of stuff, but that's one of the great things about it is that people come to us for so many things. They come to us to help them with their game. They come to us to help them put together a golf outing for charity, the rules of golf. Uh, Hey, we want to plan a party for our son around golf, and we're kind of involved in it all and that's really what makes our profession so important at all these clubs and with the uptick of golf that we've seen across the country in the past two years it, o- it only makes it better for us
1: john one of the other things that you guys are so good at is growing the game helping us to grow the game as a a member of the board of directors in your section and the guy who works with so many pga professionals around the country Talk about the things that you guys are doing to grow this game.
2: I mean, the easy answer is to like engage kids and the young people. That's really low hanging fruit, but we tend to look at it a little bit differently, especially in New Jersey. Um, You know, I like to think of growing the game as a bit more diverse. That includes adults of all backgrounds, especially females, those who live in areas that golf is not an easy option. Chris, um, for years we had a worldwide celebrity who made golf cool you know he put the golf industry on his back he brought young athletes who would never maybe have played golf to golf you know they might have been basketball or football players but they they turned to golf because he made it cool and with him quote unquote air quotes here out of the picture those are some big nikes to fill you know what i mean so Sure, the PGA professional will carry a big load. You know, in New Jersey, we host golf at schools programs in which we go in after-school hours and bring the game to those without the means or the opportunities. Uh, We embrace our veterans. We offer them golf lessons as part of their rehabilitation through the PGA HOPE program. And we also help out a lot with people with special needs, and we, we want them to enjoy the game, enjoy the competition, the inclusion, but really the friendship and the fellowship that golf possesses. I may be biased. I think we do it better than anyone in in the PGA sections in New Jersey. I mean, if you want to check out njgolffoundation.org, it'll show you all the stuff we do from L's to autism to uh, we do uh, tournaments for the Mid-Atlantic Blind Golf Association. So there's many different pillars that we have to support golf in our area. And I'm sure if you went to any other section you'd see the same. So, again, kids are great. They're easy. They're fun. They like to have fun. But really, really growing the game is bringing it to the masses and and looking at all aspects of uh, the population.
1: So let's talk about kids. And I get that that's the low-hanging fruit. But how are you trying to get more young people excited about coming out and playing the game of golf?
2: I think you just have to make it fun, Chris. You know, it's real easy for us to tell them, Make sure you play fast. Make sure you know the rules. But the, the way to have fun playing golf is to play well or play better. And my definition of playing well is different than Rory McIlroy's. And that's different than yours. So it's really weird that you brought this up because I played golf with my son. today, And I haven't played golf with my son. He's 13, probably a year. And that goes back to, you know, trying to figure out a work-life balance with our duties as a PGA pro. And he hit some really great shots today. And he hit some really poor shots today. And he's a very recreational golfer. But I noticed his reactions to shots that maybe I thought were so-so, he was very happy with. So what might be a poor shot for you or me might be a great shot for him. And it's up to us to embrace that joy, push them to want more of that feeling. And I think that's how you keep kids interested, right? Let them celebrate the good stuff and want more of it.
1: John, you also mentioned a moment ago helping out people without the means to play golf. And I think one of the challenges we have in the game is making it more affordable. I think there are great programs like the one you're involved with with U.S. Kids, like the First Tee, like Women's Golf Day to bring more people into the game. But it's sort of like that that Seinfeld episode. We're good at taking the reservation, but we're not great (laughs) about holding the reservation because once you're in you know, daily green fees aren't cheap, equipment isn't cheap, joining a club isn't cheap. Is there something that you see that can be done to keep more people in the game once yeah. we get them started?
2: That's a, that's a tough question, Chris. I mean, everything is expensive now, right? The world we live in is just getting more and more expensive. But I think if you really have a will, you can be creative. You know, buy some foam golf balls and practice in your backyard, put on the carpet inside, you know, I to a coffee cup. I remember as a kid, chipping on my front lawn in staten island new york which was about 15 feet wide you know it wasn't a big <laughs> lawn but it, that was i would go out there and chip back and forth and back and forth and i was lucky that i had you know i lived in new york city where the, the golf courses are run by the city and you would get a a discount if you were a, a resident and i'm sure there's stuff like that still like if you're a town has a golf course you can get a discount of that again if there's a will there's a way. Used clubs, use golf balls, you know, talk to friends that are golfers. if They have anything that they're not using anymore. You don't have to only play it at pricey country clubs. You know, look at the discounts, local clubs, last minute, tee times, you know, typically go on sale. Uh, we have to make people aware of those opportunities. So the first part is pay, making people aware and giving them those options to, to go play golf. But maybe they thought, you know, there's no way I can play. Just have fun doing it. Make up a game for yourself, have fun, talk to friends, put costs, whatever you can do.
1: Butch gears just a little bit. Um, you've had your fair share of celebrities come out to Alpine Country Club. Who are some of the recognizable names oh, you've had man. at the golf course and talk about their love for the game?
2: Yeah, listen, I'm blessed to have titans of industry, politicians, sports icons. Um, the vast majority have two traits. They're very nice. And they're pretty average golfers. <laughs> so, you know, we have CC Sabathia, Ja Rule, Dwayne Wade has played a bunch, Alonzo Morning. Uh, I mean, I can keep going, Carson Daly. I played golf with Mark Wahlberg. These are all v- people, if you walk by them in the street, they'd be surrounded by paparazzi, right? When you get them off their off the court, off the field, off the stage, away from the camera, they're just golfers they're just average joes and i hate to use that term but you wouldn't think if you didn't know them from their sport you'd probably think twice you wouldn't think twice about being paired up with them on a saturday morning you know what i mean and that's kind of what puts our profession in an interesting light as the experts in golf here i am using air quotes again is that they look at us as the the experts in golf and then with all the knowledge and you know we look at them like oh my god am i really telling Dwayne wade how to make this 10 footer right here <laughs> you know he's played in front of thousands and thousands of fans, and here he is knee knocking a ten uh, foot downhill putt. But like anything else, when you take people out of their comfort zone, they tend to show who they are. And like I said, ninety nine point nine times they're great people. They're fun to be around, and they have a passion for this game. And especially athletes, they have this little bit of switch in their brain that says. I'm going to play this sport. I'm going to play it at the highest level I can. And they grind and they grind and they play as much as they can. They want to get better. They want to get better. They want to feed that, that comp- that the competition feeds them and it grows stronger. So it's really neat to see that. But in the end, everyone's out there to recreate, have a good time. And uh, they're just like you and I.
1: John. you also spent some time with a good friend of this show, Keith Stewart. You guys are not only great radio Show host keith is also a pga professional talk about spending time with him on his show
2: keith and i we go way back uh chris we've been in new jersey for for a while um we talk a lot we talk about um ideas we've been on the board together we've co-chaired committees together we are both diehard new york ranger hockey fans so we a lot of our discussions are about the rangers and how we're trying to talk each other off a ledge most of (laughs) <laughs> time, but Keith has been a great resource for me. He's been a great sounding board. Uh, he helps me with career advice. He helps me with personal stuff. And yeah, you, know, you don't get very that many good friends in your life. And I'm I'm proud to say Keith is a real good friend of mine. You know, he's someone I could call up if I needed help, and he'd pick up the phone. So it's it's fun to talk to him. It's just like when I'm on his show. It's just like we're hanging out on the couch, BSing about whatever. And it's very comfortable, and, and I have a great time doing it. So uh, I'm I'm lucky to have Keith as a good friend.
1: John, I got to get a couple of playing lessons from you because next week is my annual golf trip with my buddies. We're headed over to Myrtle Beach to play Caledonia Golf and Fish Club and True Blue Golf Club. So um, I need a little help, and, and, and there's so much sand out there. And we talked about bunker play earlier on and listened to Billy Mayfair talk about it but let's I need a couple of tips let's talk about fairway bunker shots and um we saw last week that they can do you in we saw Victor Hovland and Corey Connors both uh, have a tough time in that fairway bunker on 16 but give me give me a a playing lesson a setup ball position that sort of thing if we're in a fairway bunker we don't have a huge lip in front of us Mm -hmm. but how do we not chunk that shot or hit it thin into that face
2: yeah, the first thing I look at, Chris, when I'm walking into a fairway bunker, I really feel with my feet, right? I'm feeling that consistency of the sand. Is it soft and powdery? Is it firm? And that's going to really play a little bit into where I place the ball in my stance. I try to play it as most I can in the center. I want to strike ball first. And I'm always going to take a little extra club. So if I'm in between or if I'm at the edge, I'll take one more, maybe just feel like it's a three-quarter swing or if I have to choke up a little bit on it for contact, but I want to make good contact with ball first, you know, a little different than we're hitting that splash uh, green side bunker shot where we're hitting the sand first and and then propelling the ball outward ball first in the, in the fairway, get a nice firm base in there, give it a three quarter swing and go from there. You know, we tend to overswing a little bit in the fairway bunkers. So take some more club three quarter swing and be happy if it's anywhere around the green and try (laughs) to get up and down. There you go. (laughs) John, so I'm seeing for 30 second playing lesson on the. Uh, I'll, uh,
1: I'll, I'll take what I can get, my minute. friend. That's awesome. I I got to get your thoughts as well because I'm seeing more and more players ditch their long irons, three, four iron, in favor of a seven wood. So for mid to high handicappers like me, is that something that is going to give us a better opportunity to hit more solid contact and hit better shots? Are you still in favor of hitting a you know keeping a four iron in your bag?
2: Yeah, I, I could probably count on one hand the amount of four irons I hit on the golf course. And that's probably with uh halfway through. Um yeah, put put a seven wood, put hybrids in your bag. The face is bigger, there's more loft. It's gonna be easier for you to hit it higher. You know, we want to hit a high trajectory when we're on the golf course. You want that ball to land on the green or land where we want it to in the fairway softly and not run through. Three, fours, even five irons, Chris, are are, are tough to hit. You know, a lot of the lofts on irons now are jacked up a little bit. So The four iron you might have in your bag is almost like a three and a half iron, which makes it even harder. So by all means, get some head covers in your bag. Leave the three and the four in your garage and uh, start in some more playable shots with that seven wood or that heaven wood.
1: John, the other thing I think, you know, like, you know I'm 58 years old now. I think, you know, players from my generation, maybe even a little bit younger, there's a stigma to which tee we play. I think a lot of us, you know, feel like, ah, I, I play the blue tees or, you <laughs> know, we, we don't want to move up to the whites. Or when you start to get older, you don't want to go from the whites to the gold and all that sort of thing because it's sort of an ego thing. How do we get over ourselves and actually start to have some fun by playing the tea that's right for us?
2: Yeah, that's... um. Funny you brought that up, Chris, because I, I got rid of all the colored golf tees at, at Alpine this year. So we switched from black, blue, white, gold, and red and went to numbers. So one, two, three, four, those are the tees. And, you know, the one is the hardest, the four is the closest. And we want people to play the tee that fits their carry distance off the tee. And I I always challenge people that, You know, I'll bet you that you can't break your handicap from the tee in front of where you're playing. Mm. I said, you know what? You want to? You want to bet? If I'll bet you twenty bucks, and if if you can do it, I'll give you sixty bucks in the golf shop. Come in and break your handicap, and it (laughs) it's an aha moment for a lot of people that if you can't break your handicap from the tee you're playing from, you should move up and have more fun. Hit shorter clubs into greens. Hit more greens, and score better. You know, it's. Golf is hard enough and we're making it difficult by playing the wrong tee because of our ego or because of the people we're playing with. And I'll even mess them around sometimes and I'll put the three in between the one and the two and so on and so forth and just to give give them a little bit of fun there. And it's it's been really good so far. We've seen more and more people play forward, more and more people embrace playing a forward tee because it's not red or it's not gold or it's not called the senior tee or the ladies' tee. Go up there, have a good time, and uh, shoot lower numbers. Everyone feels – 83 feels so much better than 88. (laughs) It really does. I agree with that. And it takes a quarter amount of time.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Well, that, you know, and and you mentioned early on about, you know, pace of play and stuff like that. I mean, isn't that something that we should be – everybody's talking about pace of play from the PGA Tour on down. Isn't there a way for us to figure out what tee we should be playing, whether it's handicapped, driving distance, or whatever, but not only are we going to shoot lower scores, we're going to get done in, in, a, in a faster amount of time, and there's nothing more frustrating on a golf course than you're waiting on every shot. You're waiting for somebody because they thought they needed to play from the blue tees or whatever tee it is. Mm-hmm. So you got, you got pace of play problems. you got frustration problems. It's just bad for the game.
2: That's right. Let's, uh let's all have more fun and moving the tees up, playing a forward tee. I hope my superintendent's not listening, but not <laughs> tucking, not tucking the pins and corners of the greens. And you know, our, our greens at Alpine were 14 this weekend. Wow. So for a good player, it's fun, but for a 25 handicap when you're putting off the green or you can't get it near the hole and you're playing hockey up there, it it makes for a slow round. So, so all the supers out there, give us a little bit of help and maybe go from a 13 to an 11 or 11 and a half and put the pins in the middle of the green, move those tees up and we'll see how we can get pace to play back in line.
1: There you go. John, one more before I let you go. And like we've talked about, you're the director of golf at Alpine country club there in Alpine, New Jersey. For those of us who aren't familiar with the club, talk
2: about what you have there. Wow. Um, Yeah, so I'm in my sixth season at Alpine. I'm blessed with a terrific uh, staff supporting membership. We have a lot of fun events. Uh, We're right outside of New York City, so we're blessed in that manner. Um, As I said, I have a terrific staff. I have uh, I know a friend of yours alongside me, Jonathan Yarwood, is our director of instruction. So always fun to be around him and kind of get some good nuggets for my own game and watching the members play better. But um, Alpine is always at the top of the list. For uh, best clubs in New Jersey, so I'm very blessed in that manner uh as you mentioned, I'm also doing on the tea with anita marks on e s p n radio in New York City every Sunday morning. That's always a blast with her. We have a lot of fun doing that um I actually have something fun coming up starting tomorrow, and i ha- I'm gonna have to get a good night's sleep tonight cause my alarm's going off at about Oh my l p g a uh, LPGA, uh Mizuho America's open at Liberty National. Wow. wow you know, Liberty is hosting the the Barclays. They held the President's Cup there as well. And this is the first time they're holding an LPGA event. And the LPGA is really centered in New Jersey for quite a bit. We have the KPMG uh, Women's PGA Championship at Boston's Raw. We've had the uh, Cognizant Championship at Upper Montclair. Right now coming up is the uh, ShopRite Classic down in um, Atlantic City. So a lot of ladies are staying in New Jersey for a few weeks. But I'll be the starter on number one tomorrow. Oh my. all the names and mispronouncing all these names tomorrow. So <laughs> I got a pack of uh cough drops, pack of lozenges, some water and <laughs> wish me luck cuz.
0: Indeed.
1: Good luck tomorrow. John, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you on social media?
2: Oh, thank you. Uh, John Mascaretti, T G A is my handle on Twitter and Instagram. And- there's a link to my YouTube channel. As I mentioned, ESPN every Sunday mornings, uh here in New York, but also streamed everywhere on the ESPN app. And uh, that's about it. Because
1: <laughs> oh. it's always so much fun getting to spend time with you, my friend. I-, I hope we get the blessing of having you back on the show again soon. You're outstanding.
2: <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it very much.
1: John, all the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon.
2: You too, Chris. Thanks.
1: See you, John. That is my long-lost cousin, John Mascari, and just a huge, huge talent in our game, not only from a, a radio perspective, and you can tell that how much fun he is to have as part of a show and doing his own show, but uh, all the knowledge that he brings to the game and the leadership that he brings, and something that he and I have talked about uh, you know, away from uh, the microphone and, and when we spent some time together, this guy should be out there on, whether it's ESPN, CBS radio, or on the golf channel, out there on a the golf course and sharing his knowledge and broadcasting, being an on-course commentator. Because the things that he brings and, and, the, and the way that he does it, his style is just fantastic. He makes the game more fun by being a part of it. And that's what we need more of on on TV, on radio, like he's got his own show or his co-show. Uh, co-host of the show uh, with Anita Marks. But the style and the fun that John brings, no wonder kids go there. No wonder he's one of the top U.S. kids teachers because he makes the game fun. He makes the game fun for them, but he makes the game fun for all of us. So that is something that I would love for. I hope someone on the Golf Channel is listening. I hope someone on CBS is listening. You need this guy as a part of your broadcasting uh, team because he's going to bring more listeners. He's going to bring more eyes. He's going to bring more clicks to everything he does. And uh it's a it's an honor and privilege having us part of the show. And like I say, hopefully we get that privilege again a little bit later on this summer.
0: A $5 minimum balance required. consultation.